please, no, 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 no! Well, that was fun, hey? Like, who didn't enjoy that? Oh, that's right. None of you, including me, are Blackhawks fans. <laughs> Welcome to a special edition of Soups on Hockey. This is really Soups on Oilers, and this is really Soups on Oilers and Hawks. Uh, I'm going to try to do one of these after every game in this in these playoffs. I'd love to do one after every game in the playoffs. Uh, since it's going to be easy to watch these first few games, but let's be honest, once the weekend's over, it's going to be a little tougher to watch every game. But, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. And, I mean, what the fuck do you say? That was insanely frustrating to watch. This won't be a long podcast because there's not much to say. But I actually just got done putting out a tweet. And think about everything that went wrong for the Oilers today. And then ask yourself, what happened with, I want to say it was with 2.35 left in the game. They pulled Miko Koskinen for the extra attacker because they had a chance to tie the hockey game. The Oilers, let's run down the list. The Oilers were the much tighter team of the two. The Blackhawks have nothing to lose. The Mike Smith fuck up on the first goal started the snowball and they had big time trouble recovering after that um the oilers were just terrible in every facet of the game um the hawks were getting every single bounce imaginable including some pretty fortunate they were getting the veteran uh the veteran treatment from the officials uh in the game And Dave Tippett dressed his worst lineup he could have. Obviously, that includes starting Mike Smith and goal. And yet the Oilers were pulling Koskinen with 235 to play. If you're an Oilers fan right now, yes, losing the game sucks. They are fine. Could they lose this series? Yes. Did we know this coming in? You should have. Because this is, is, we've never seen this before. We've never had August playoff hockey before. Everything's fucked up. So any team can lose. You know, Montreal's playing Pittsburgh later. Pittsburgh, or, you know, Montreal can win that series too. In fact, more people were picking Montreal to maybe upset Pittsburgh than people were picking Chicago to upset Edmonton. You know, it's... But everything went wrong. Everything went against the Oilers. How many posts did they hit? You know, take away the puck bouncing on them nonstop in their own zone all day. How many posts did they hit? Corey Crawford was great. Corey Crawford looked really good. Think about the two, two of the three power play goals. Obviously, the McDavid one beat him clean. Uh, there was a mad scramble. The Oilers were hitting posts and having every bounce not go their way on both the Dreisaitl and the James Neal power play goals. 
Like they were having, they were having to work twice as hard to have anything go their way, and they were still in the game. The Hawks were beating them the pucks all day. That's simple. That's simple to correct. All Dave Tippett does is have to not dress his slowest lineup. And I've absolutely adored Dave Tippett this season. I have no idea what the fuck he was thinking with this lineup. I kind of got the logic with Mike Smith. I thought Mike Smith was going to be awesome today. He wasn't. Now, the fuck up on the first goal, the next three goals were not on Mike Smith. Was it the next three? The first, second, and third? Yeah, the next, the next three were not on Mike Smith. The fifth one, even though that was a bullet from Kubelik, if I can talk properly, even though that was a bullet from Kubelik, even though that, like, the way Smith tried to stop it, that's just, like, that's like the universal sign of, oh, this guy's fighting the puck bad. Like, he tried to make, he tried to get it with his glove, but it was not a confident attempt with his glove. If Koskinen's in the net, he stays composed. If he gets over in time, it likely hits him and goes over top of the net. Might not, but probably. So, you know, Koskinen looked good when he came in, was one of very, very few others who looked good when he came in. Um... The Russell-Benning pair was probably the Oilers. They were probably the Oilers' top two players of the day. I wonder how much of that was their matchups that they had. And I still, for me, I wouldn't hesitate to put Caleb Jones in for Chris Russell. And especially if Oscar Clefbaum's going to play that way again, then maybe you flat out sit Clefbaum if if Jones is in and move and move Jones on to that pairing to see if it can maybe spark something cuz man everyone was so bad Clefbaum might have been the worst I don't know I mean other than you know Smith was pretty shitty as I just said Clefbaum was really bad and I know I'm like people think I'm too hard on Clefbaum and think I hate him I love him the reason I'm being hard on Oscar Clefbaum right now is because he's their best defenseman so I expect their best defenseman to play like their best defenseman and when he doesn't like he didn't in the month of December actually it was for about six weeks it was about the start of December to mid-January is when Clefbaum was just oof but I expect that guy to be their best defenseman, you know? But at the end of the day, and here's the other thing too. If you're going to lose, you want to lose like that because then you make the proper adjustments. You come out pissed off the next game. You're super focused in the days leading up to the next game. Like an ass-kicking is so much of a better way to lose than a tight one where you maybe don't get the bounce and you're saying what if for the next 48 however many hours it's be is more for, more than 48 but you know you're saying what if maybe tip it's over adjusting or maybe here's another thing maybe you win that game with that worst lineup possible and then dave Tippett says hey we won why make any adjustments 
And then you get smoked the next game, and he says, yeah, we need to play better, but we won with this lineup, so we're just going to stick with it. And then you get smoked the next game, and all of a sudden you're down 2-1 facing elimination. If you're going to go down in a series and you're going to, you know, you'd rather it be the first game, you'd rather it be an ass-kicking, there's a lot... There's a lot, like, there's a lot of reasons right now for Oilers fans to be terrified. And, yeah, they could lose the series. It's, but we knew this coming in. Just relax. And this might, honestly, this might be me trying to talk me off the ledge. It really might be. But I just, I look at it and I go, okay, well, that can't get any worse and that can't get any worse and that can't get any worse and that can't get any worse. And yet they were in the hockey game somehow at the end. Like, it's not that bad, you know? And another thing I kind of wonder about, this won't get brought up because everybody's facing this right now, but I wonder how much the one o'clock start time affected them. You because know, because we see it all the time in a regular season. When when teams have the afternoon games, they're not the same teams. You get wonky hockey when you have a lot of afternoon games. Now the Oilers were actually terrific, or have been terrific in those afternoon games after a what was it a decade or so stretch of just playing horrific in those games. They've actually been really good in them in the last year year and a half. But yeah, it oh, they were atrocious. Just, just disgusting. And yet they were right there. No bounces. No bounces. The last power play the Hawks had in that game, every puck was bouncing. Like, it was comical. Everything was bouncing to guys who were just wide open. And it wasn't because of the Oilers' coverage. It was just like pucks going off skates and shin pads and sticks. And it was like landing in the perfect spot for the Hawks. And it happened. You go back and watch the tape. That happened most of the game. Now, some of that is just, you know, the oil, you know one team being loose and the other team being jittery. That's, that's, that played a big role in this. The Hawks have nothing to lose in this series. Absolutely nothing. The organization probably, if you gave them truth serum, Stan Bowman would probably say, you know what? Let's, we would rather lose this series, especially them, because if I'm not mistaken, I don't think there's another lottery for the entire realm of picks just for that first pick. So the Hawks, I believe, if as long as they lose, will pick ninth, ninth or eighth, something like that. It would depend on if Montreal won. Um, Cause that, that would move them up, I believe, or maybe much, I can't remember. But yeah, it's actually probably beneficial for the Hawks organization if they lose this series, meaning the, the players could not have less pressure. Meanwhile, the Oilers, the organization, they're actually in, they're one of two teams who are in their hometown. And they're probably start. you know, I don't think they were feeling pressure at the very start of the game, but when that fuck up happened with Smith and then they just had that like eight minutes where they just... And I think from that point on, it was just grip, 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 grip. And we saw this. You know, a lot of these guys were here in 2017. And in the 2017 playoffs, in the first game, they came out, played awesome against San Jose, and then San Jose for 40-whatever, however much time added on in overtime, 
minutes, San Jose manhandled them. That game ended up 3-2 in overtime for San Jose. That game should have been similar to this. San Jose, the only difference was San Jose weren't getting the breaks that the Hawks got today. Here's the good news, Oilers fans. What happened in game two of that series? The Oilers, they only won 2-0. They didn't get a 5-on-5 goal or a power play goal. Both goals were shorthanded. But they dominated that second game. Like, they blitzed San Jose the entire night. If you want to take it one step further, the Oilers lost the first game of that series on home ice. Technically, this is a home game for the Oilers, even though it literally was as well. The Oilers went up in that series 3-2. If you go up in this series 3-2, you win this series. So, it sucks. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, you know, I'm glad this happened and that they didn't come out playing awesome. No, no, I'm not going to suggest that. But (laughs) the Hawks had, again, it just, the Hawks had everything go their way. Tip, I, I don't know. Dave Tippett is a much better coach than what he showed today. This is October hockey, and October hockey means you win with speed. You win with speed playing October hockey. And Dave Tippett tried to go with his heaviest lineup. That line of Kara, Neil, and Chason, that line works when... NHL players are worn down having played half or even two-thirds of a regular season. It doesn't work when everyone's fresh. That line might work in the, what do you want to call it, second round of these playoffs. So not the playing round, not the quote-unquote first round, even though it's actually the second round, the real, what will actually be considered the second round, then that line might start working because teams might be starting to get wore down a little bit. It's not going to work. And you saw it today. Chicago was beating the Hawks. The Hawks have a skill, even though they've got a young team in their shell, their former selves, they don't have a fast team. Brandon Saad was beating everyone to pucks today. What? What? How is this happening? That, and that shouldn't happen. It just, yeah. So, I mean, there's not much, there's not much else to say, right? I won't, I won't do a 10-hour podcast. I'm at 15 minutes right now. I'm about to wrap it up because it's just, there's just not much else to say. There's just not much else to say. But take a deep breath. Got a big one Monday night, 8.30. More normal start time. Also Wednesday night, 8.30, a more normal start time. The Oilers will not get any worse from here. Their play will go up. There, I'm expecting Dave Tippett to dress his fastest lineup. 
Does that mean Gaetan Haas comes in for Kara? Probably. I worry that it doesn't mean that Joachim Nygaard will come in, or if Joachim Nygaard does come in, he'll come in for Athanasiu. I know Athanasiu was absolutely invisible. I, I get that, and he's been a train wreck since he's come over. I, I get all that. I would still have him on my fourth line, man. I, I would still have him on that fourth line, and I'd say to him, look, we're going to give you the softest matchups we possibly can. And we're going to give you a line that, where you can just be the driver. You can just be yourself. Just go dominate for those eight minutes that you get. That's all we ask. Just go out there and dominate for the eight minutes. You know, I know guys will scream, well, he should be playing with McDavid. He doesn't work with McDavid. And you know what? I, I was in the camp of, no, you play him with Dreisaitl. That's where he fits better. And yeah, that might be long-term where he fits better, but clearly he wasn't fitting there either. Put him on the fourth line. I would move Neil to the right side. I would put Nygaard with Shahan and Archibald. I would take Kara out and dress Haas. For me, I would take out Russell and play Caleb Jones. Here's the problem. Chris Russell was maybe the other's best player in this game, him or Matt Benning. So as much as I want Caleb Jones in the lineup, again, I don't know where he fits, unless the one thing you could do is you could say no, no, no Haas, no Kara, and dress 7D. That's what you maybe could do, which is something I tossed out there weeks ago because it just kind of frees up more time for McDavid and Dreisaitl to play. We'll see. We'll see. This is why Dave Tippett gets paid big bucks, and it's time for Dave Tippett to step up to the plate because his team needs him right now, and it's a, it's a big one. People will feel much better Monday night if the Oilers get the win. I can't imagine what the panic's going to be like if they lose again. Ay, ay, ay. But, hey, Oilers fans, you got to realize this, too. If you lose this play-in round, the Oilers lose this play-in round, yeah, it sucks, but it's kind of how 2020's gone. You know, it's the Oilers... Well, they probably would have been here if they would have met expectations because it's 24 teams, not 16. But, you know, it's we didn't, we didn't expect as, as a fan base, m- most of us didn't expect the Oilers to play playoff hockey this year. And I know it's not technically the playoffs, but really, it's the playoffs. To me, this season's already been a win. The simple fact that they were going to make the playoffs in a 16-team playoff. And the fact that the cap was in much better shape. Basically, Ken Holland got things turned around way quicker than anyone thought he could. That's a win. That's a win. And you know what? If you have that kind of win and still have a pretty high pick, like that's, that's not a bad thing either. I know I'm not suggesting that I'd rather that by any means, but like... There's not a lot of downside here, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, it's a loss would suck, but there's much bigger seasons where you'd 
be much more or there's there's many more seasons where you'd be much more disappointed than this one should be you have some you literally have something to blame it on so you know i know it sucks i know it sucks i i sound disappointed or i well i sound disappointed i'm sure but i probably sound frustrated too but yeah it's uh things couldn't have gone worse and with 235 to play they're pulling Koskinen. At the end of the day, that's that's the point I'm gonna drive home. And that's the point I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna ride right into game two. So I hope you enjoyed the first one of these podcasts where I talk about the Oilers Hawks series. And I'll talk about the Oilers series. Hopefully I'll get to do one after every Oilers game in these playoffs. Hopefully that's more than or they go beyond Wednesday night. I hope. <laughs> but we'll see. And if they don't, I guess you're going to get a lot of podcasts talking about how they might get Seth Jarvis. So (laughs) that's, of course, if they lose out on Lafreniere, which we know they won't, right? Hope you enjoyed the uh, bonus show. Hope you keep checking them out. I'm Tyler Campbell, and we'll see you, I guess, after Monday night.